and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Angley Flores, with myself, Stephen Nussbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Dan Chum, my bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, it's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is episode number 314, and just want to say thanks to everyone who tuned into our last show, which was two weeks ago, where we had the splendid Matt Porter answering loads of questions that seemed to have been uh, covered again in a in a recent Q and A that the club did, and I think Nigel did a very good interview with another podcast. So again, maximum information getting out to the fans. So hopefully that was helpful to you. In case you didn't hear that episode three one three, right at the very beginning, we had about twenty minutes with Matt Porter. Well worth a listen if you haven't caught that one yet. This week, though, we've got a fortnight's worth of news because obviously Mansfield was postponed last week. Uh, we've got loads of uh, stuff to go through. Um, also, our draw against Colchester in the A12 derby. And so I think without further ado, let's just crack on. Yeah, so our sponsors are Carol Langley Flores. They sponsor the podcast. They are an established-based business in Chingford, specialising in bespoke flowers from the finest growers in the world, so I've been very busy today, as you would expect. They can do anything from a simple thank you to a tailored wedding or event package. They are here to help and offer all those fans and staff a lovely 15% off, which could be a huge saving on any wedding and flowering costs coming up for you. So if you're interested in this, you need to get in touch with John and their fantastic team. You can do so. You can give them a call on 0208 529 4130 or you can find the guys on social media. They can be found on Twitter at Carol Langley4 or you can find John the head honcho at Essexbiz. If you're on Instagram, so at Carol Langley Florist at Carol Langley Florist. You can also find the guys on Facebook at Carol Langley Florist. So Mother's Day is done now. Make sure if you've got any orders that you need for Easter or anything else coming up that you get in contact with John. Absolutely, absolutely. So, supporters club update for you. Just the one trip to tell you about. Saturday the 25th of March, that's this coming Saturday as we record this. We are off to Hartlepool, up to the northeast for a three o'clock kickoff. Coaches will be leaving Brisbane Road at half past seven in the morning. The price for this is 43 quid for adults, 40 concessions and children aged 15 and under £22. I think they probably need to be with an adult to get that though. Remember those prices do not include your match day ticket. So to book this one now you need to call the travel line which is 07507 539 579. Okay, so a few pieces of AOB over the past fortnight. First up, we were saddened to hear that another member of the Orient family has passed away. So sending our condolences out to Stephen Johnson's family and friends. Yeah, it was great to meet on the positive side of things. Dave Reddington in the South Stand yesterday who told us his dad, John, was a big fan of the podcast. We really appreciate you uh, coming to chat to us. And uh, John, thanks for listening and for being so... Uh, positive about us we really hope that we help um, you as well uh, by going through the match stats and, and, and information there so thanks for listening yeah great stuff always nice when people come and talk to you um, who you don't recognise uh, and who are thoroughly engaged yeah. through the podcast it was also good to see you Teresa yesterday so good to see you yeah. as always and finally last piece of AOB this week Kevin Freck was laid to rest uh, in the week just gone so once again sending our condolences Again, to all of Kevin's family and friends, and if you're in the South Stand, you would have seen uh, the banner slash flag of Kevin in the South Stand, which is a lovely touch from his South Stand chums. So, I guess, Mr. Levy? Well, not from us. Not from us, mates. but his mates yeah. in the South Stand, yeah. 
The fortnight that was. Absolutely. We start with Happy Monday, the 6th of March. It was a quiet day at the club. No news to report. Episode 313 was going down a storm, I think it's fair to say. It certainly was. A very well listened to and engaging podcast, as Paul mentioned, in his intro. So to Huey Tuesday, the 7th of March, Super Richie Wellens was nominated for the Skybet League 2 Manager of the Month of February. He didn't win it, but it was good to be nominated. Absolutely, yeah, good to be recognised. The club open voting for February's Player of the Month. Every player is nominated or is up for nomination who played at least two matches, including at least one start in February. Yeah, so they're <laughs> coming up a bit later on in the podcast. So Wednesday the 8th of March was a happy International Women's Day. Great to see so much positivity around that day. Uh, yeah, some great stuff being put out from the club on that day Absolutely. as well. Absolutely, and happy heavenly birthday to Laurie Cunningham, who would have been 67 on Wednesday the 8th of March. Great stuff. Layla Duffield of the ladies team won the Greater London Goal of the Month of February for her wonder strike against Tower Hamlets. Well done to Layla. That goal was absolutely insane. The uh, ladies put it out there. Top bins from outside the box. Superb strike. Well done again to Layla. Yeah, Thursday the 9th of March. Happy Super Richie Wellens Day. It was the one year anniversary of Richie joining our club. Unbelievable job yeah. Richie Wellens has yeah. done. How uh, fast that's gone as well. Crazy. Super Richie Wellens, we love you on Outlook Podcast Towers. <laughs> Long may your reign over us continue. Also on Thursday, Mansfield Town announced that there would be a pitch inspection at 10am on the following morning to see if the weekend's planned match against the O's would be going ahead due to poor weather. I think at this point it's fair to say you could see some pictures of snow up in Mansfield. It wasn't looking too clever. No, but it wasn't looking too clever for most of the country, yet that was the only game that got ended up getting called off. So I can't help but think that there was something that... I don't know, the conspiracy theorist in me thinks that they, they were edging for that by not necessarily gritting the area, not necessarily covering or doing the best that they could, yeah. it suited them for that game not to be played. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I understand why it was called. It wasn't safe for fans to be there and the pitch was covered in snow. But so was the rest of the country at, at that part. But but we were the only game that was cancelled. Do you know what I mean? So I'm, how was every other game that also in an area that had snow? Because it wasn't just that part <clears throat> of the country that had snow. It wasn't like a, an isolated pocket. Yeah, I mean... Just throwing it out there. I, d- I don't know if... Us Orient fans are a uh, fickle bunch or a conspiracy-led bunch. There are a lot of people who think that Mansfield had the game called off or it worked in their favour. It um, absolutely worked in their favour. Although you'd argue now they've got another fixture on a Tuesday night and they're Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Because there isn't much of the season left now. We're mid-March, mid-late March. It's only April as a whole month that you've got and then one game, maybe two games in May. That's it. Yeah, the season's I, done. I think if other games got postponed... You wouldn't look at it as much, but I Correct. think it was the only EFL game <clears throat> that, that was postponed. And Notts yeah. County, obviously, which is quite close ground to Mansfield, Played. went ahead in the division below. However, Notts County, for all intents and purposes, are probably a bigger club than Mansfield. I would say, in my eyes, like a much bigger stadium, better facilities. So I'd probably thought about it a bit more. I may have had better plans in place for what had happened. But at that point, anyway... I think you're being kind. Yeah, possibly, but mate, it's a game I thought was postponed like... Who, like in the scheme of it, mm. if we get promoted, who cares? Yeah. Like, like really was my my scope in it. It would have been great to play the game. Had we lost, we'd all be going. Why wasn't it postponed? Mm. Should have been postponed. It's, it's, it's always a alpha beta way of looking at it, isn't there? Yeah. And I guess at the end of the season, if we go up, we won't really care, providing we go up. Yeah, as champions, hopefully. True. 
Friday the 10th of March, as we said, it, it was postponed at half past 10 in the morning. New new date to be communicated, which has obviously now happened, which will bring you in I, I will say at the time, no one was surprised it was postponed. It was only after the event where no other games got postponed and it came out that Mansfield had injuries that people started putting two and two together. Yeah. At the time, it felt like it was obviously going to be postponed. And when that came through, I don't think anyone was really that surprised. We didn't put out our Prediction League Twitter poll because we pretty assumed. much assumed it was getting called off and the photos of the ground in snow made it look like it was going to get called off anyway. So at the time it was kind of, oh, what well, no surprises. It was only no. on the Saturday after where every, other, every game. other game where people started going, actually, it probably worked in their favour to get it called off. Yeah, and even some non-league grounds, some smaller ones yeah. in parts of the country that were covered in snow managed to get their games on. Where does that happen? There you go. Anyway, we will see what happens with that one. The club also revealed on Friday that Idris El Mazzouni had won the club's Player of the Month award for February. So we say well done to Idris. He had a fantastic February. He's much more looking like the player from earlier in the season. Idris yeah. had a bit of a wobble in January, but in most, you can most, say most of the did. squad did. February, a wonderful month. Well done to Idris. So while we were resting, the rest of the uh, <laughs> the rest of the league were in action. So apart from the Mansfield Orient, um, as we say, there was a full fixture list. Uh, Kalal beat Swindon 2-1 away with a last-minute goal to keep them in second uh, on 64 points, eight behind us, and the same amount of games now played. Third place, Stevenage beat Walsall at home uh, 3-1. They moved to 63 points with a game in hand on us. And fourth place, Northampton Town drew one all away at Hartlepool to move to 60 points with now the same amount of games played as us. So it actually levelled us up in terms yes. of the amount of games played. It kind of brought us level with the others who had one or two games, depending on who you look at, uh, on us. So it started to even itself out a bit now, which I was quite pleased about. Yeah, absolutely. Moment. That's the positive <clears throat> to take from it now. It's the games in hand are starting to kind of even themselves out, like you said. So also on Saturday, the club announced that the ladies team will play their Greater London Women's Football League fixture against Actonians Thirds at Brisbane Road, the home of football, on Sunday, the 26th of March. Just want to get yourself down to Brisbane Road for next Sunday, if you can. Absolutely. Sunday, the 12th of March. Uh, one Orient match did take place over the weekend as the ladies were in action against Hackney Reserves. They ended up winning the game 3-1 thanks to goals from Taylor Newsom, Waith and Duffield. So well done, the ladies. Yep. So yeah. Monday, the 13th of March. Quiet day at the club. In the evening, the suits and the tuxedos were on as some of our players went to the London Football Awards. And we must say well done to Paul Smith, who was the only victorious of the evening as he won the EFL League Player of the Year award. So well yeah. done to Paul. Great stuff. Love to see it. Um, nice tux he was in as well. Yeah, very... Yeah, Dark green one. The lads. Yeah, very sharp. Very sharp. Bittersweet, really, because obviously Omar was up for up for that as well. Right, Quite rightly so as well. So, uh, but, so commiserations to Omar, but well done to Paul. I think arguably he's a standout oh, amazing. in our league. He's had an amazing season. season, some superb goals, some great numbers, catching the eye of many a club I would have imagined. Apart from Paul Smith, a few other Orient nominations, so uh, Richie Wellens, Super Richie Wellens, lost out to Super Mikel Arteta, depending on what team you support. I guess no surprise there with that one, with how well Arsenal have done. Viggs was up for goalkeeper, he lost out to Aaron Ramsdale uh, and Paul Smith was up for goal as well which he didn't win. Mm. But good to see one Orient player get recognition in that. Absolutely. I, I feel Lawrence slightly hard done by in, in the goalkeeping one, and I think I tweeted that because the rationale or the reason they gave it to Ramsdale, I mean, obviously, I'll take nothing away. I was having a brilliant, brilliant season. Ramsdale is a very, very good keeper. But they said for the great saves that he's made this season, which Gosh. I thought was absolute pony reason <laughs> to give it to him. Right? <laughs> 
Lawrence Vigarou's kept 20 clean sheets. Ramsdale's kept, I think, 12 or 13. He's not saved any penalties that I'm aware of. They went out on penalties on first. Richie mentioned in his pre-match interview, he said he yeah. would have one of those penalties. So yeah, he go. didn't save one, absolutely. Whereas Lawrence Vigarou's <laughs> created three penalties but saved three of them or something. So, yeah. arguably... Like, regardless of what league you're in, Lawrence with 20 clean sheets. Unbelievable. Three penalty saves, and on top of that, some amazing other saves. Yeah. I just feel that he's hard done by, but I'll get down off my soapbox now because it don't matter because I can't change it. You can't change it. So uh, let's go to Tuesday, the 14th of March. The club announced the rearranged fixture date with Mansfield is now due to be played on Tuesday, the 25th of April, kicking off at 7.45pm. Yeah, Nigel... Travis and Mark Devlin held a Q&A on the club's YouTube channel. Uh, that kicked off at 7 o'clock. Main points of this. All right, let's go through. Quite a lot to cover. Um, well worth a watch if you haven't done so already. We're going to cover the brief main highlights. The club will announce next season's ticket prices in the middle of this week. The early bird cut-off date is the 2nd of June at 5pm. So obviously there's a lot of talk in the last episode around season ticket prices due to Mark Devlin's programme. Program notes, yeah. notes that we discussed uh, following that, probably the outset of the Q&A was based on his programme notes. And I think Matt Porter covered it quite well in yeah, episode 313 last week absolutely as well. did. Yeah. So pricing coming <coughs> this week and the early bird date is due as well. Yeah, young season card pricing will, will be £59 for under-11s and £119 for under-18s. Yeah, we'll increase the credit of £5 for fans using the reselling site with the amount due back to fans to be confirmed. I think that's a very good move there because why would you give... I know some people are, but if the match day ticket is 20 quid yeah. along those lines and you can give your ticket back to the club and you only get a fiver back. I'm no mathematician, but in terms of a percentage value back, doesn't really Yeah, because you pay somewhere between, <laughs> depending on where your ticket is, South Stand, it's something like £13 a game. Yeah. It's 22 quid on the door. And you're getting So the club are making four quid, which I, I, I'm, not, <clears> I'm not that, <throat> like, I wouldn't begrudge them that, but, yeah. They, 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 otherwise, they'll take a percentage of commission anyway on the transaction. Yeah, it's so going to be six quid. Six, yeah, <laughs> six or one and a half does the other. Uh, there are going to be two new memberships as well. One for those who want to attend a few games throughout the season but can't make all the games. Uh, so a season card doesn't really seem viable. And the other is for international fans. That's two new memberships to look out for. Good work there. Scoreboard, Nigel said, we need to have one. The play... This is, players want to know how long to go in the game. I'm pretty sure the players are aware of how long there is to go in games. They must be, must be. Mark well, they Devlin... Don't, they don't wear watches. I know, but you'd have an idea in an inkling. And I'm sure Paul Terry and Richie and the management team, and to be fair, the sort of opposition team are consistently asking where are we at with this. I'm sure. I'm sure. Mm. Anyway, scoreboard will help without one. Uh, anyone who's at the game <clears throat> or has Twitter would have seen the lovely scoreboard installed yesterday. Don't know why it took so long to get that. That is a brilliant scoreboard. That's all we need. Just that's all we needed. What, perfect. What if you sit in an off stand? Sorry? What if you sit in an off stand? Well, you have to turn your head to the left. What if you sit in the left corner of the off stand? It's in front of you. I don't know. I can't see the angle. Yeah. I, can't, I don't know. I'd have to sit in a seat. It doesn't to matter sit. to me because I'm in the south stand. I've got a lovely view of it. Yeah, if yeah. I sat in an off stand. Well, if you sat in the Papa John's Trophy, you ain't seen anything. <laughs> uh, is it me? Yeah. He's standing. Club have ordered... Some portaloos agreeing a traffic management order to close Brisbane Road for a period to enable them to offer services 
in the roads. So again, in the last podcast, and again in Mark's program notes, a lot of talk about the East Stand, what to do with it, how to kind of get around the logistics of it being a very old stand. So good to see some good progress being made. So there. yeah, just to add a bit of flesh to that, the club have, are looking at traffic management orders to be able to close Brisbane Road, to be able to then gate it off, to then be able to arrange additional refreshment services, yeah. stuff like that for people, so that obviously they don't go out of the the ground technically because yeah. it's fenced off. Um, so that's that's something to keep out an eye out for. PA system has been budgeted to update. Uh, they've budgeted, sorry, to update the PA system, but they may end up putting in a new one anyway. Yep. See so what happens with that one. Leaving Leighton and a new ground. It was estimated it will be for between forty and fifty million pounds to build a new stadium with a fifteen thousand capacity. And the current board can't afford that so it has to be in the right place and it would need to be in an e postcode so not expecting the o's to move anytime soon second to the west end would also be hugely expensive and i said must focus on the east end so obviously again that was one of the main hot points through the article and a lot of the questions we had last two weeks ago from that porter or all around staying at brisbane road or how do you do that so mm. a lot of engagement there but good to hear from nigel and um Mark on that one. Yeah, uh, club finances, establishing ourselves in League One. Securing players and a manager is vital. They've given an improved contract to Richie, increasing the player budget by 50% for next season, and they aim to be in the top half of the League One table. And from the fan lab review, there'll be a redistribution of some of the TV money and a new TV deal to be done, which will be more favourable to lower league clubs. Nigel did talk about the distribution of TV money at the moment. I think it's something like 80% for mm. the championship, 12 if you're in League 1, and 8% of the revenue is in League 2. So 8% of that revenue split 24 ways yeah. doesn't give you a lot of Not money at, at the end of the day. But if we can get a better deal next season, well, he said I think it would be probably 24, 2024. So... It will help us, but we're not counting on that, which is fair. So that'll just be bonus money. Yeah, good, good to see. Academy, new leadership is now in place. Facilities are not great, which is why the training ground is a priority for the men, ladies and the youth teams as well. Yeah, Spurs ladies, been a good start. Spurs have not been able to attract bigger crowds, though. It's been lower than expected by them and us. Um, I think, to be fair, they've not been doing that well on the pitch. They sat their manager... Uh, last Tuesday they've now got an interim manager so maybe if their fortunes change uh, they'll start to pick up a few a bit more support uh, from Spurs fans and anyone else yeah and the last point from their Q&A was about streaming so 180k net revenue has been made to date 130k gross to date crew away we sold over 1,000 passes sold UK games at home 350 sold and away 550 on average, sold they're, they're on, on average, average. so yeah. decent numbers there <clears throat> coming through so good little Q&A there that's still available on the club's YouTube channel so if you haven't watched it and have got a spare hour or so go back and watch yeah. that and uh, fill yourselves in there on, is on worth, more of it yeah. it is worth listening there are a number of League 2 features also played on Tuesday evening Stevenage beat Crew 1-0 at home uh, to move into second place on 66 points they're now 6 points behind us they've now played 35 games which is the same as us Northampton beat Mansfield uh, 1-0 at home to stay in 4th uh, they moved to 63 points, they're now 9 behind us, but they've played 36, which is one game more than us. So it's getting very, very interesting at the business end of the season. It certainly is. Wednesday the 15th of March, a quiet day at the club. 
with nothing to report. So let's move on. Yeah, Thursday the 16th. Happy birthday to our mate, Chris Kane, who sits behind us. Hope you had a great day, mate. Hope you had a great day. Unacceptable for you to be out on your birthday shenanigans and miss yesterday's game and not be oh, in your seat way, against it? Colchester. But hope you had a lovely day, Chris. Friday the 17th of March. Not much going on at the club, but we will say happy St. Patrick's Day to all of our Irish listeners. Yeah, Saturday the 18th of March, the youth team were in action at home to Northampton Town. This turned out to be a bit of a goal fest, to be honest. Town took the lead just after the half-hour mark. The lead didn't last long as Kwachi equalised three minutes after they'd gone uh, gone ahead. Four minutes before half-time, Karoma strike put us 2-1 ahead, but the visitors levelled the scoring right bang on the stroke of half-time as well. Chinedo put Orient ahead in the 71st minute, but Northampton equalised with a bit of a weldy from the halfway line straight from the restart. So free all is how that game ended. I'd like to see that, Weldy. Yeah, I imagine that the Youth Academy will put uh, the goals up uh, through their Twitter feed. So I look forward to seeing those. I think we scored two off two decent goals as well, from what the Twitter site was saying. So unlucky there, young O's, not to win, but free or uh, a result not to be sniffed at. Not at all. Nonetheless, so the main event of yesterday was Colchester United at home as they visited the home of football. And before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one. We had 303 votes uh, in a bit of a short space of time. I messed up the hours on the uh, Twitter poll, so I ended it like quarter past 11 as opposed to uh, midday in this one. So 6% of you thought the O's would lose this one. 9% thought the O's would draw with a staggering, whopping 85% of you thinking that the O's would win. And as always, thank you for all of your votes. Yeah, so at 2 o'clock, the team was announced. Launch Vigor in goal. James, Beckles, Turns and Sweeney were your back four. Elmis, Prattley, Monker, Smith, Satiriu and Drinnen completed the starting 11. Substitutes for that one was Byrne, Ogie, Thompson, Clay, Brown, Sadlier and Kelman. Yeah, so that side saw the London Football League Player of the Year winner, Paul Smith, back in the starting 11. As were George Monker and as were Darren Prattley as Jordan Brown returned from injury to take his seat on the bench. Mr Levy, your views on that one? Yeah, a few changes for me that were slightly unexpected, to be honest. I assume Theo um, Archibald would be in uh, and Sadia and Clay would have kept their places, but rotation, obviously match minutes is vital because April's a very, very busy month for us in terms of games. So fair enough, but yeah, caught me a bit by surprise. Yeah, a few changes there, but I think all for the positive for the most part. Apart from Archibald, you go, okay, well, that's been the main bulk of the eleven really, that yeah. we've seen Moncur in the 10 roll, Smith on the right-hand side of the attack, so left-hand side of the attack. So, yeah, I'm fine with that. I thought Theo could be a big miss. I never like it when I see Ruel playing kind of on the right-hand side. It just balances the team. Um, still, at the time, I thought should be enough to beat Colchester. And once again, you look at the bench and you go, it's a pretty decent bench all over. You've yeah. Ogie Thompson at the back, Clay Brown midfield, and sadly Kelman up top. It's good, good options to bring on, considering Theo Archibald wasn't in the squad, considering Hunt wasn't in the squad, and considering Dan Happy's been out for ages, wasn't in the squad. Decent. I was, I was fairly happy with that, I must say. Cool. Uh, we had a few tweets that came in after this. Billy Carroll GB said, How James and Drynan are starting every week, I'll never know. Happy with the rest of the team. Would rather Royal started down the middle, though. Ron Sampson, 15, said, Disappointing that Drynan is starting. Really is clueless. When it comes to scoring goals, hope he can prove me wrong and score us today, but not before time. Yeah, Len Chin Chin one said, A local derby with rivals and high aspirations, so are a real danger. Having Paul Smith fit again will strengthen our attack options at such a tight league points are crucial. Such a tight league points are crucial. Think this starting eleven are more than capable to do it, but please 
good defence and don't give away the goals. Yeah, so nice. Famous last words. Absolutely. So the early 12 derby kicked off in a chilly and wet E10. If you were there, you will notice there was nothing much to mention in in most of the first half. First 17 minutes, nothing really happened until Tom James scandalously fouled on the byline by Tom Hopper who took him out. Could have easily been a red. There were a few challenges before that that Tasty. should have been a booking. Yeah. Get a bit out of hand. He only got booked. For me, at this point, it was really slow start to the game. <laughs> Many misplaced passes. Bit of a lack of urgency, which was a bit surprising. Given the size of the crowd, considering how busy the ground was and how loud the ground was, I thought both teams would have been absolutely chomping at the bit to go and get forward. But it just seemed a bit um, nervous yeah. on the pitch. Bit hesitant at points, and we'd started the last couple of games fairly well. So, fifteen minutes in, we hadn't worked their keeper at all. Yeah. All looked a bit ropey. It was a bit. Come on, a bit nothing. We're it's top like of we the league. Yeah, we're top yeah. of the league. They're twenty first. Should we not be all over mm. or putting pressure on them, which mm. never really happened? So we fast forward to the thirty first minute, and after a defensive lapse by Kelleher, who miscontrolled a poor forward pass from Sweeney, Paul Smith won the ball back, drove his way into the penalty area. Went down under some pressure, we don't know how much, from behind by Kelleher, and the referee had no hesitation and pointed straight to the penalty, penalty all day long. Because there was minimal contact, but as soon as he gets ahead of his man, he's always going down. Yeah. And he's just, wait, he's just waiting for the clip, and he thinks he feels it, and he goes down. So yeah, Colchester may be aggrieved by that, yeah. but it was a, once he's in front of him, like I say, it's a penalty. It's a soft penalty, but it's a penalty. But it's all from their own doing, right? Because if Keller controls the ball, Better. then it's yeah. down the pitch, and no one cares. But well done to Smith. <laughs> he's very quick to read defensive errors yeah. on the back. It's not the first time he's done that. Won't be the last, so for me, yeah, penalty, but... I yeah, can see why culture's not happy. I absolutely agree. And I think Smith looks for these sorts of moments uh, where he can get just that, even just a shoulder ahead, and he can get into that where yeah, he just gets a bit of a tap and he goes down. Uh, and well done t- to him, really, because Kelleher hadn't got the ball, the misplaced pass from Sweeney under control, and he chased him down and he kept the pressure on the defender. And it's all about defending from the front, and he did that well. He's turned a negative into a positive. You know, we gave the ball away. He's won it back, driven in the area, won a penalty that we end up dispatching, which we'll say in just a second. But um, <laughs> but but that's that's how we've had such a good defensive record because we we keep the pressure up the field yeah. rather than letting it come oh, to absolutely, us. Absolutely, yeah. So up stepped George <coughs> Monker, my lord, and he Fair. dispatched it expertly to the left hand side of Kieran O'Hara, and he gave the O's a one 0 lead. I think it's nice to be an Orient fan when George Monker steps up to take a penalty because I'm. <coughs> Very confident in George in the penalty spot. Yeah, it's not okay. like Orient of old where you've got no disrespect, like a Josh Wright stepping up or someone who you like might save it or someone. But George Monaco's penalty record, Chris Dagnall, but his penalty record like speaks volumes. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Beckham there, and really from not doing much, we won him up. And you're thinking, yeah. right, we got we got ahead of the game here. Thirty seventh minute, in, Aaron Dryan headed wide after Tom James's cross found him in the box. Yeah, 40th minute, then Colchester boss Ben Garner, for some reason, was booked on the touchline. I think they still sure appealing about the penalty. Oh, what do you think? What, I think so. What, 10 minutes later? Yeah, I mean, I didn't even think Ben Garner, I didn't even know Ben Garner was at Colchester. So, yeah. you know, a bit of a drop there from for old Ben, but I guess a good opportunity to get his they career. He sacked at Charlton, didn't he? Back he on at, track, um, yeah. Swindon prior. So. He certainly was. Four minutes of additional time played, and in the fourth minute, Paul Smith fouled on the left-hand side of the Colchester box. Free kick was pumped in Smith had a looping header just over the bar referee brought the half to a close shortly after with the O's leading 
1-0. Yeah, so the attendance was announced at 8,294 in attendance. 915 of those were in the away end. Yeah, a few tweets came on to us at mm-hmm. half-time. Kid Samson, oh, said, fractious, low-quality game in unpleasant conditions. Flair players like Smith and Chilvers have barely been involved. Nothing in it except an extremely soft penalty. Got to gut this one out. Definitely a good day for us to finally get a second goal whilst leading. Yeah, Lobmeister165, it's a new one for me, There's uh, so welcome to the podcast, there's really grim chants about Justin from the Colchester mob and throwing bottles at Orient supporters, something needs to be done here. Yeah, so we were getting lots of tweets about that at half-time, obviously I think that will get covered in a few post-match tweets and views later on, so no changes for the O's at half-time as the second half got underway and in the 50th minute Ed Turns was booked for a foul on Tovid. Yeah, we'll fast forward to the 54th minute now. Lawrence Vigory was forced into his first save of the day after Colchester worked their way into our box, got a shot at goal, and then four minutes later, he made his second save of the day as a cross came in from the right-hand side and he dealt with that quite comfortably. Absolutely. So not much happening in the second half, so we'll skip to the 68th minute. And he has doubled our lead as George Moncur did well to keep the ball. He passed the ball to Tom James, whose low pass found Rusi Tiriu, who just about controlled the ball, Turns, drove into the Colchester box, rode a challenge, found his feet and smashed the ball low and hard past O'Hara at his near post to make it 2-0 to the O's. Great goal, great goal poaching goal. He's industrious, he tried hard, he like, he's got a bit of skill, a bit of, bit of uh, hunger about him. He's had a bit of luck there that he's ridden that challenge and that he's come out on top of that. Great goal. Just what he needed as well. Took it well, actually. Uh, good con- Well, just uh, manages to control it and yeah. looks up. Saw a little gap. Yeah, we had a great view of that from where we were. Well yeah. done, Real. More of that, please, young Mr. Satiru. So, 70th minute with the game looking like it was in the bag. First on its substitution is Paul Smith was replaced by Adam Thompson. So, obviously, Adam Thompson isn't a straight swap for nope. Paul Smith. So, that meant a bit of a formation change for the Yeah, guys. I think we went five at the back in the end. Um, 74 minutes on the clock now. And the um, second and third subs for the O's is George Moncur was replaced by Kieran Sadlia and Idris El Mazzouni was replaced by Craig Clay. Yeah, 78th minute, Lance Vigarou got booked for time-wasting. Yeah, 79 minutes. Final sub as Ruel was replaced by Charlie Kelman. 81st minute. Then the O's conceded a free kick in a dangerous position after the ref saw a handball. Free kick came in. Poor from Colchester. And the chance was gone. Yeah, 88 minutes now. Uh, closing in on this game now. Colchester pulled a goal back though. They won a debatable corner which was swung in to the box. Connor Hall's flick header flew into the far corner of Lawrence Figueroa's goal. And they had a bit of a lifeline. They certainly did. I mean, the corner is on the extended highlights. I still can't work out if it was our corner or their corner. The ball goal goes out and Craig Clay and I think and Prattley both assume it's a goal kick. So when the ref gives the corner, they're a bit like, really? But then obviously the corner comes in, Hall was just more alert than our defence gets there first. And suddenly from them having little chances, they were back in it with a couple minutes left at minimum. The crowd were back on side for them. Since the subs, we hadn't looked like we'd been looking and you're thinking it's going to get a bit squeaky bum time here. Like a nervy 2 0, a nervy 2 1 win was what we were thinking. Five minutes of added time went up on the board, and buoyed, by, uh, buoyed on by their goal, Chilvers sent a shot just wide. Um, but shortly after, uh, he picked up the ball in midfield just inside his own half, drove forward really into an empty space. There was no Orient midfielder just, just kept near running. him. Just kept running, and that uh, defence just moved. Just kept backing off of him. Yeah. Absolutely, and no one picked him up, no one went to stop him, so it allowed him to shoot at will, and um, 
he ended up scoring and, and drawing them level in the 92nd minute or something like that. Yeah, I mean, he does well. Don't or take anything it. away from him. He does get past Adam Thompson and then take his shot on. Thompson should do better there. Beckles was also backing off. Etern seems to be not in his correct position from what I can see but where was on the Clay? highlights. Really disappointing from the from Where the was Craig Clay? On the floor after he collides with Thompson <laughs> in the build-up. So, really, I mean, we've not seen a collapse like that in a, in a long time. Or from being two goals up, obviously, yeah. we all make jokes when we're two up and lose back to Wembley and say a 2 0 lead is never safe. But really, really odd um, goal, but they deserved it, really. And I think it will come into most people's views that it wasn't really a surprise when the ball hit that net, um, bearing in mind the way that game was going. But yeah, defensively, Got to do better and a mad into mad finale to this game, and we've still got points to talk about. Mm, absolutely. So, pop three minutes. Yeah. Of additional time. I always thought they had it won. Tom James long throw came to Dan Prattley, who stuck out a massive leg of his, punted it back into the box, and Aaron Dryan met the ball with his head, bound for the net. Keeper was beaten, but Connor Hall was on the line to head the ball out for a corner. I mean, that's just the way Aaron Dryan's life Luck is going, is, right? Yeah. If that was any other player. It goes into the back of the net. Hall's not oh, there's there. No or, player or there's there. no player. Yeah. yeah. It was the fact that it was Aaron Dryan. The one time he has the keeper beaten, and you, you could see how annoyed, in particular, Dryan was. And you can read by his body language. He that that would have that would have meant so much. Hundred uh, percent. And especially after them crying it black to two, or had we then got the third goal, and had it been Dryan, it would have been it's fairy tale It would have been stuff, nuts and yeah, in the ground. Fairy tale stuff proper. But yeah. It's a shame. Uh, four minutes of additional time. Aaron Drynan was booked after his shot from the resulting corner was given as a goal kick and not a corner. So he that was pure frustration. That was pure frustration. Over. Yeah, and within the sixth minute, the final chance of the game, Colchester almost won it as they got down the right hand side, got the ball in, came to Matt Jay. His shot was weak, but was heading for the bottom corner nonetheless. But Lawrence Vigru got down in time to make. The save, and shortly after, the referee blew the full-time whistle as the teams shared the points. As Colchester celebrated as if they'd won the Champions League due to Orient being massive. So we uh, were lucky enough to get sent the post-match interview from Dave Victor Richie Wellens. Uh, was pretty honest in his assessment of the game. So we're going to play it for I think it's just over five minutes. So here is what Richie Wellens had to say post-Colchester to Dave Victor. Hold on, let's start that again. Hold All on. right, so Richie Wellens is warming up his vocal cords. Dave Victor's got his microphone ready. It will play, I promise you that much. Hold on one second. Um, right, there we go, let's try that now. Well, Richie, thanks for joining us. Were there lessons to be learned this afternoon? Um, I think if you look at the whole game, I'm quite happy with a point because we didn't play well from the first minute. Um, we was off it. But I think the biggest disappointment today was our body language. Um, we're winning 2-0 with more or less than 90 minutes are up. And um, we don't organise from a set play. We're really slow. The ball's been out of, out of play for 20 seconds. Um, and you're playing against a club that is desperate for the... another fight for the lives at the bottom of the league. So they sprint to get the corner and we're not marking right and we allow someone to get across the front of us um, 
And then the second goal, we kick it down the middle of the pitch when we've got no physical presence there against three centre-backs. Um, we then pick up the second ball, but when we can chest it and play or put it in an area that where, where they can't put it straight back on us because the pitch is poor, the pitch is... No, it's really difficult. And we're having a go at players sometimes to be better, but um, <clears throat> it's a really difficult, difficult pitch to play. Very boggy, and, and sometimes it bounces firm, and but a lot of the time it bounces. It just takes the, the weight out of it. Um, they then play it long, and um, one of my centre backs vacates his his, his, um, his area. They exploit that, and then Chilvers has got the ball. It's a good finish, but just slow down. Be, patient in defending let him, let him pass it outside to the right wing back and if he does that then I think we, we win the game but we, we get too excited we overcommit he chops back inside and then when, when he chops inside it's difficult for Viggs because he doesn't know if he's going to go left or right and it's a, he's a good player he's a good finish by the lad and it started so well I mean taking the lead from the penalty another no, one from George, didn't, George we, we didn't play well we did not play well he's going to let's not get kid. I'm, I'm always performance based um, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm a realist you know, when we play well, I'll tell you that we play well. We didn't play well today. So in the, in the whole, happy with a point because we didn't play well. It can kid people that we went 2-0 up. But, um, you know, Bruel was good and sharp at times. But apart from that, too many, too many, too many bad decisions from players that you know, are experienced and, and know the game. And, and it's fine. We've had two weeks, left, two weeks off. And probably we felt that little bit of legginess, not quite our sharpest. Um, so hopefully that's blown the cobwebs off now and we can go next week. Is that why you made the substitutes that you did in the second? Yeah, I just think we look, we look tired. <coughs> and they're obviously, um, when, when we go 2 down, they're leaving two up. And I want to try and get some control of the game. And instead, it's just like a game of basketball, which is, we don't need, we're 2 up, we don't need that. Um, so I thought that the subs would come on and give us more legs, more energy. Um, but the subs actually had an adverse effect in our performance. So what was the reaction in the change room afterwards? We're eight unbeaten. Oh, listen, you can... It's, it's a long season, and I've tried to be consistent in everything and say, don't get... I, I, I walk around the supporters, and, and a lot of them are doing that. Keep your head up. We're in a brilliant position. I wouldn't swap our position for anybody, so I'm definitely going to keep my head up. Um, it's important now that we don't get too disappointed. It's two points dropped away. But we've had... Um, we've had games this, this year where we just held on and maybe not deserve the two points extra so it evens itself out it was, we didn't play great but um, I'm, I'm kind of happy with the point I would have obviously loved, loved three points but um, I think he, I think the most important thing was rate unbeaten now and we're a tough team to beat and it's such a competitive division uh, Crawley won today and of course Hartlepool picked up results recently and it's up to the North East next week yeah, um, I actually watched that game because <coughs> that was a one o'clock kickoff. Very open, very expansive. Um, and Carlisle, you know, of a previous player that, that was here in Dan Kemp, played really well and des- deserved the point. At times, he could have made more chances against Bradford and and um, and actually took the three points. But Bradford a threat, and Andy Cook scored two, and um, obviously he's a, the highest goal scorer in the league. But um, I'd rather concentrate on us, and some will go there hopefully. We need to give this pitch a rest because um, it's just we're asking players to, to do things that the, the pitch doesn't allow us to do, or allow the players to. Do. And I feel I feel for them a little bit at times. And will Theo Archibald be available? Do you think for the trip to Hartlepool? Um, we're not sure we're going to get him um, rescanned. We'll probably have um, an opinion on that probably Tuesday, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Theo's quite a freak in terms of he hasn't got an ACL. Okay. He's not got a brain cell. 
Well, he has a little bit. Well, he'll have you believe that he hasn't. Um, but we, we miss Fio's energy at times, but it seems a performance where we could have won the game. And when we play like we play, we look good. But we just didn't do it often enough. And Ed Turns won't be available for Hartley because of international duty, is that correct? Well, we've had, we're going to have a conversation with them because we feel that <clears throat> for Ed to leave and, and go and play against Colombia under-20s at a training pitch in Spain, how's that going to help his development? If he's a qualifier, then I, I get it. I get it. It'll be, it'll be a good experience for him. But um, I think it's important he stays and he goes through what we're going through. And, you know, he's always at risk if he does go and, and somebody comes in and plays really well then obviously he might not get his place back. So um, we'll have a conversation with Wales and hopefully we should know the answer by that on Monday. And Jamie McCart, would he be available? He's back trained a week. We've got a friendly against Southend on Tuesday. Um, Ed will play in that. Duke McKenna will play in that. Um, Jordan Brown will play in that. Um, you know, Adam Thompson will play in that. Shad will play in that. So we just need to get to get 90 minutes in some of them. So just to, just to top them up in, in terms of minutes. Thank you very much. No Thanks. Thank you, Richie. Thank you very much indeed, as always, today, Victor, for providing us with that. Lots of interesting points. Always very honest. Whether you kind of agree or disagree with them, he always makes, he always tells you how it is, and he doesn't shirk the responsibility. Um, we'll come on to our views in just a minute. But it's interesting. South End game midweek to get yep. minutes in Tuesday. the legs uh, of players that need it. Uh, the pitch was obviously a little bit boggy, didn't help, but obviously both sides were playing on it. Um, and yeah, like there is, you know, he he always looks at the positive side of things. That like, you know, all right, it was a terrible game, we've drawn it and got a point from it. Great, we haven't lost, and we're right, unbeaten. We're still top of the league. Like the way some fans are, I think it's the way we're conditioned to think because of how how many years it's not been great for us. Um, to look at the negatives, but he doesn't come from that background or that world. He's not an Orient supporter. That's that's like that. So he always thinks, well, hold on a minute, we're still top of the league. Yeah, absolutely. By however many yeah, points. Yeah. And we're still not lost in eight games. He'll see it as a point gained. Um, yeah. And a point closer with one game less to play. So yeah, thanks to Dave for sending that over. Thanks to Super Richie Wellens for his honesty. So that point means the O's are still top of the league now. Played 36, 121, drawn 10, lost 5. Goal difference of plus 24 and 73 points. So Carlo and Stephen each played mm. against each other yesterday. They drew 0-0 what looked like a pretty <coughs> drab game. Northampton moved into third place after beating Crew 1-0. So we're six points clear now of second place Stevenage with the same amount of games played. We're now eight points clear of fourth placed Carlisle with, this amount, with the same amount of games played. So it's getting to that point in the season now where literally 10 games left. Every game goes into it with some massive meaning. So it's all going to be very exciting. Mm. But Mr Levy, first of all, your thoughts yesterday yeah I mean for me that was absolutely two points dropped I, I felt we looked rusty and, and we lacked sharpness really from, from the minute we kicked off there was a lacking there was a, a lacking of accuracy with our passing our positivity our movement there just seemed to be lethargy in the side from, from what I remember and like we started out with the with the match review we started out by saying um, you know there was a very sparse first half for us to, to, to really cover and we fast forwarded to the 17th minute and I remember sitting and saying to you, this will be an interesting podcast, because 15 minutes <laughs> in we had nothing to talk about. Um, I don't think the substitutions worked well enough for us either. I think that was a major downfall, yeah. um, which I think Richie uh, needs to own that and take responsibility for that, because they're his substitutions. Like When the players go over the white line, it's on them as well, so there's a collective. But for their second goal, there's no one there to stop Chilvers from, from, from being able to take that shot or even make a putt. Just bang. And he scores it. So I, 
I remember sitting there thinking, like, where's our midfield? Why is there no one to go and close him down? Idris is on the bench. Idris is like in his tracksuit now. So I, I just thought I just thought it was poorer, just let us down a little bit there. And from his interview, it sounded like he was blaming the pitch, but for me that's not an excuse or a reason why the players didn't play their passing properly or the lack of movement. Some of the passing from Tom James yesterday was like, What are you doing, mate? This is an interesting point actually. And Beckles as well to an extent. Not to I hate digging out <sighs> players because we are top of the league and it should be positive, but in games like this where that's two points dropped, in my opinion. It's like Tom James was a standout yesterday for poor passing. Why? Because I've met. This is one of my points. Tom James wasn't worse than anyone else. If anything, Tom James gets an assist yesterday to Ross Satoru. So yeah. obviously, Tom James is getting loads of criticism. Yeah. He wasn't worse than anyone else. I didn't think particularly. They all gave the ball away at points. They all didn't win their individual battles. Jaden Sweeney has been fantastic. He was poor yesterday. So why is Tom Tom James is almost becoming a scapegoat? For me, he, he wasn't great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah. saying Tom James played well. He may have been a four or five. Most other players were four or five, five and six. I've mm. seen there's a lot of tweets where Tom James is going to get digged out, and he he's been disappointing for a while. But I think that's just because of the expectation that Tom James has, where he doesn't have right. the same expectation. I think Tom James is getting a bit of unfair criticism. Okay, because I don't. The second goal yesterday wasn't Tom James's fault because it's no. through the middle of the pitch. The first goal was from was a corner. His man. His man, Hall. He, he ran to the well, first front I need, post. I need to watch that again because, okay, it might have been his man. I'm but, pretty sure but, but it was then, his man, yeah. It could have been The Thompson's second goal man. turns Beckles and Thompson don't get anywhere near him and it's in the middle. I think Tom James is getting a bit of, bit of a raw deal, I must confess. And he got okay. an assist yesterday, which seems to have gone completely under the radar from everyone who sent us tweets. That's a fair point. Yeah. That's a fair point. But I think, I think what, what stood out for me was the fact that Tom James is an accomplished league player whose quality we are well aware of. Yeah. And for me, there was just some passes that he was playing into space where no one was. And it's like, you've looked up, you've seen where you want to pass it and it's gone completely <clears throat> the wrong way. So you're right, Jaden Sweeney's pass arguably was the assist that kind of Paul Smith needed to get that goal. That was a stray pass. That didn't go where it was intended to go. So, yeah, arguably. But I didn't see Prattley give the ball away as much as, as uh, Tom James did. I didn't see Paul Smith's passing go astray or Ruel's go astray or George Moncur's go astray or um, uh, or Aaron Drynan's go as astray as Tom James okay. did. Uh, maybe that's because the people in front of him weren't making themselves or running into where they should have been. He's put it where they should be, yeah. and they've stood a still. A big point about that was obviously he's normally got Archibald in front of him, so he's got a better relationship. Who, and yeah, part, but yeah, so there's a different dynamic point. in front of him. Um, for Drynan, got into some good scoring opportunities. I really feel for Aaron Drynan. Like most people, like people around us digging him out and and like, what are you doing? And you're rubbish and whatnot. But actually, like like we said. <laughs> he scored. He'd scored sixteen goals by this point last season. There is a player in there. He's obviously lacking confidence, and he just needs to get a goal. And like you said, if that ninety-fourth minute header goes in, he wins us the game. It's a monumental yeah. turning point for his season. He just needs to get a goal. Um, he got into some good positions, but I feel like it's going to come good because he's. If he wasn't getting into those good goal-scoring positions, that's a whole other world to deal with. Yeah. Um, but he is. And, and I think it will come good at some point. Look, this isn't end of the world kind of stuff. We're still top. We've got a good points advantage. We've still got games to play that will see us 
through. Uh, love the new scoreboard to end on a positive. Love the new <laughs> scoreboard. Well done to everyone at the club for finding a simple solution to a simple problem. Can't quite fathom why it took so long, but bravo. Bravo. Likes a scoreboard. Uh, I haven't got that many views on this one, really. A strange game. We didn't play well. We looked lacklustre. At 2-0, though, I did think the job was done. Yeah. And when they brought it back to 2-1, I thought, oh, here we go. But I thought we'd see, I thought we'd see it out at 2-1. But first half, first half was a bit <clears> drab, <throat> wasn't it? Same plan. Same long ball from Viggs down the left flank. Need some new plans from time to time in the game. Rarell took his goal well. Fair play to Rarell. Done well. Subs, I think we've covered it. Changed the game. Not sure for the um, better... But there were more basic subs there, right? So he could have just done Sadlier for Smith. I thought, exactly right. Yeah. Could have just gone Kelman for Drynan and Thompson for James. There's like three straight substitutes there, yeah. as opposed to Thompson for Smith and then changing the dynamic. He must have seen something that he thought would get the game seen out. It just for Clay, which hasn't quite worked. Get, but the yeah, rest of absolutely. Right. But I think if Idris Mazuni is able to play, you keep him. I think you don't. I, I get taking Paul Smith off. He's not been. Um, he's been injured a lot so you need to manage him right managing him yeah Idris I don't think you need to really need to take him off however you know he may have been carrying something that hasn't come out yet who knows but yeah, true. you know it, interesting thing in when is his pre-match interview uh, he said that our system's been found out a little bit <clears throat> and we would have played two up top against Mansfield that I thought was interesting Justin done something very similar if you remember where he switched to his defence yeah. round um, so something that obviously Richie has looked at so we may see a few kind of different teams what we're expecting uh, in the next couple of games Colchester they probably deserve the point to be fair but I think the perception is all important here if that was nil-nil, we would have been disappointed but we would have been oh, well at least it's another point because yeah. it's two all Correct. and the manner in which the game's finished we're yeah. all sitting here a bit like oh the dynamic changes because we went it two feels like a defeat yeah. really. well it's just another point closer nothing really Colchester and Stevenage both true so they didn't gain any ground on us Northampton have but we're still eight points ahead of Northampton yeah. with a better goal difference. So for all intents and purposes, Some we're point. nine points ahead of Northampton, yeah. ten games left to play, yeah. and three wins ahead of them. If you see what I mean, so yeah. we can afford to lose three, four, four. with the point. Well, the goal difference, yeah, three points. We sorry, can look yeah, coming from. Yeah, we yeah. we just need to win the next seven out of ten. If we win the next seven out of ten, it's done, regardless of what happens anywhere else. So seven out of ten is done. Mm. So I think we all would have taken that at the end at the beginning of the season if someone went look 10 games left you're top by 6 points if you win your next 7 out of your remaining 10 you're definitely going to go up I don't even think it's that many I think 10 no I'm saying at the, at the worst possible case scenario is Northampton have to win 10 out of 10 and we have to win 7 which, which will never happen I see yeah, but yeah. that's the worst case scenario yeah. so I think everyone just needs to chill out a little bit yes yeah. yesterday was disappointing and it feels like a defeat but it's another point closer agree to where we are. Yeah. So I'm still happy. I still think we'll do it. Fingers crossed. And we've been top since October, so in Richie yeah, we let's trust. Keep positive. Super Richie Wellin. So it's very positive here now. Yeah. Um from yourself Stan Chum. So those were our views. <laughs> Lots of your views came in. A real mixed bag this week. Important to say, just because we mentioned them doesn't mean we agree with them. El Coado said the ending to that game was unacceptable. If you want to get promoted, let alone as champions, you can't be conceding two late, late goals to a team struggling at the bottom 
unacceptable. Yeah, Orient Meat Pie said, massive, massive bottle job at 2-0 up. We weren't very good today, but chucking a 2-0 lead in the 87th minute is total and utter rubbish. Absolutely. Trousers Techno's a terrible performance, <clears throat> possibly the poorest this season. Lucky to be 2-up, threw away in the last five against supporting, albeit they probably deserve their point. Must do better than this. Orient underscore Ed said, shocked from the start and only ourselves to blame. Two shocking goals to concede as the defending was abysmal. Hopefully now the people who bought it, who sorry, who thought it was done and dusted, will finally wake up and smell the coffee. Alan Reeves too is a joke defending for both goals, although Pratty seemed to be fuming the first was given as a corner. Maybe the ref has a shocker as well. Who knows? Still missing a top goal scorer to finish these teams off. Yeah. I mean, the goal scoring again comes up. I think if people think that's the case, and I'm not going to argue their case because it seems to be coming back week after week. It seems like it's a for me not a massive issue. But people still are saying if we had a goal scorer in January, yeah. it would be done by now. You look at the league's leading scorer, right? Andy Cook at Bradford scored nineteen goals, twenty goals. He's got an like amazing that. goal yesterday. They've got they've they've scored all season forty five goals. He's nearly scored half of their goals for all season. We've scored forty eight goals this season. So we've scored three more goals, but we've shared those goals out more evenly. No, I'd rather have. So and, and Bradford, just to say, they're in sixth in the playoffs on sixty points. I know what I'd rather have as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Nice so everyone called in out for a striker and out and out. Right, Bradford have got an out and out striker who's, who's the top scorer in the division. He'll win the Golden Boot by a, a country mile, but, but they're only in the playoffs. Yeah, like I like, I like, I like what you've done there. See, so it's all relative. Anyway, Alan Reeves too said. Joke yeah, one. Sorry, uh, Eten Newman said two vital points lost today. The U's could have actually sneaked it near the end. We're still top though. Fair play to Colchester. They didn't give up and their subs definitely changed the game today. And fair play, that is, you know, ben, they're fighting for their lives. Ben Garner won the battle when he subbed. He made his subs. They worked. Richie made his subs. Had we have, they yeah, didn't ours didn't work. Yeah. He will, he'll go back and say, I mean, I'm not going to watch his post match, but I imagine he's pretty happy with his team's performance yeah. and his substitutes <coughs> giving their celebrations at the end. Richie J. Bourne to so concede one goal. Uh, it happens, concede another and almost lose it at the death. Really shouldn't happen. Again, we really should have claimed all three points. Kelman over Drynan from now on, please. Richie. Yep, the Dorset Vikings said completely bottled it. Given our relative positions, we should be beating teams like Colchester. It's made worse given the Carlisle and Stevenage result, but hopefully Wellens will have the words and this will just will have words and this will just be a one off. Molly Folly twenty nineteen said, Can someone reset Drynan's sat now? What a waste of space. No idea how he got to play ninety minutes. I think Richie was probably just desperate for him to get a goal and just kept him on the pitch. Yeah, I would absolutely. Give him, the, give him the opportunity, yeah. He goes on to say, Colchester fans like animals. The intimidation towards those fans in the East End was unacceptable. Seated stadium, so why are they all allowed to stand? It would kill the aggression at a stroke. Complete failure of stewarding. Magic underscore John said, lost that due to poor management near the end. Drynan shoots instead of going to the corner and Clay should have held his head his head leading to the goal and the ref stops it. Not sure why we went through it at the back either midway through the second half. Postman Pat 1965 said very poor. Colchester deserved at least a draw. Poor subs by Williams. No protection for the defence after Elmis was taken off. Lee Jordan Brown in there and Drynan just a joke. Good point about Elmis. No protection for the defence. Exactly. Exactly how the goal That's came for the second one. Craig Clay should have been doing. MS Orient said, threw a game of football down the drain. Incomplete control and capitulate like that is very, very dangerous. Cole U looked void of ideas all afternoon. No way should we be throwing games away at this stage. To think we didn't need a goal scorer in January is hilarious. Might seriously come back to bite us. 
woeful in front of goal, truly shocking. A striker should have been the main priority to get us over the line. The forwards we have are National League level, to be honest. Scathing there. World Cup 300 is a poor performance, and that's now three draws from winning positions. Hope I'm not witnessing great promotion choke. I don't think you are. But that's a good point. point. There's a few points about how when we used to go one up, we used to see the games out. Whereas I think Swindon, at home where we drew one all, obviously yesterday being two up, drawing two all. And the game before that, where we was in a winning position, and drew, the signs that weren't happening, the results weren't happening yeah, earlier in the season. This, this you'd argue is different because he's gone for a formation change that didn't Possibly. work. Possibly. Whereas he didn't in those games that I can remember. <coughs> John W nine 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 said, "Had we won that two 0 we'd all be saying in different performance." But I saw it, I saw it through. As it is the. As it is, the collapse at the end makes the next two games defining. If we beat Hartlepool and Carlisle, it's almost job done. Poor results and it will be panic stations. Interesting points there from John. Dave Brew, 47976911 says, well, what can we say about that? Almost another scunthorpe away moment. We were awful from start to finish. We had a penalty that wasn't and our next shot was Satiri's goal. The subs seemed to completely upset our team, but then again... We should have seen that through. R Coral, 1972, said, I'm more worried about auto-promotion, let alone winning the league, since this coming for a while. And I said it before and I'll say it again. We can't get rid of teams with strikers who can't score. Parksy, 1881, says, Can I say that all... Can I say that... Oh, my computer's gone mad. Can I say that Richie got <laughs> it wrong today without being vilified? The changing system cost... Uh, changing system... Lost us that lead. Also, see Swindon. Yeah, Orient fan underscore eighteen eighty one. So I think the players on Wellens thought that was game set a match at two 0 Taking off El Mazzuni, what was he thinking? No denying today was a tough one to take. But let's be honest, the draw in the Carlisle versus Stevenage game was an ideal result for us. Eight clear with ten to go. Get a result at Hartlepool, and no doubt we will be the best team in the world again. Yeah, when at Hartlepool and it's all rosy again, right? <clears throat> Yeah, but arguably he would say, well, we should be beating. Should be, <laughs> yeah. It'd be Carlisle. It's a no-win situation next week, isn't it? If you it, win, you go, well, they're 20, you 25. If, if you, you lose, lose you're like, like, oh, it's, it's happening. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The capitulation is, is happening. Yeah. Um, Paul Red Rum said, I'm afraid Richie is to blame. Firstly, changing formation and putting a defender on for our best player and then invited them to onto us. Sometimes if you're winning... Do you need to put subs on? Decent good point. question. Yeah, really good question. Peter Foreman too said both our centre forwards are absolute pants. Seven goals between them this year in a team like that is shocking. I'd rather have Smith goal hanging than those two running around like Ellis Chickens and when they do get a chance, not being able to hit a barn door. Very harsh there from Peter. Les LK52 said not been creating chances or scoring goals in a long time. Again, just never looked threatening up front today. Drinnen needs to pass more and his selfishness is proving costly. Shooting when players in better positions. Still in a good place and totally in our hands. Hashtag Luke G said he's been great all season but the subs today and their timing were strange. Thompson with 20 minutes to go and changing the formation. Not sure what that was meant to achieve. Can't go that defensive that early against the team near the bottom. Two points dropped. Yeah, I agree with that. Vince Howard, 73, said that's the second game running that Rich's subs have benefited the opposition more than us. He's got to stop overthinking. But as he said, a point was a fair result as we were poor and looked disjointed without Theo. Just hope the players aren't getting complacent. David Ricard, 80, said we kind of deserve that. You can't stop playing a game with 20 minutes to go. Awful performance overall. Just not good enough from the final whistle. Dovey Bear said, Today we learned how important Theo is to the team. He gives us balance and the outlet that James needs, who didn't make one effective forward pass all game, in my opinion. Too many players gave 5 out of 10 performances. 
plus the pitch didn't help. Good point there about Theo Archibald. Missed him massively. I've got to say. You don't notice something until it's gone. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully he'll be better for Hartlepool. I've got to say, Tom James got an assist, so I kind of disagree with the point about the forward pass in my in my opinion, but everyone's open. So there's Martin Hevers 5. So the Wellens complaining about the pitch being heavy and like a bog. Maybe he should ask the groundsman why he waters the pitch before every game. Good point. Really good point. Very good point. I mean, he's obviously talking to Colin, the main grounds guy, about yeah. what kind of surface he wants on the pitch. I can't imagine Collins is just going to make going. Oh, we'll just make it all wet. And I'm just going to do this anyway because I've always done it. It's got to be like communi- There's definitely communication there, 100%. so it's a very interesting one because you know why is the pitch being watered? Absolutely, when it's great been... spot there, Martin. And then it pours down with rain even more to so make it and even more boggy. Yeah. So yeah. Um, better later never said. I know that Richie wants us fans to keep our heads up, but after 55 years supporting the O's and suffering plenty, my question is. Are we going to blow this? Oh. Keep positive. Oxooch said, not seen it mentioned much, but I was shocked how unbalanced we were without Theo. Meant we spent an hour trying to get everything going through Smith and Sweeney and were easy to defend against. Yeah, good point. Dave M1812 said, another point, but against the team we should have buried. Don't think anyone came out well, including Richie. The crowd had a go at TJ, but he had no outlet in front of him. I think too many 5 out of 10 performances. Bad day, but not a disaster. On to next week, believe in Richie. Good tweet there. Matt J. Nash said, obviously, it's hugely disappointing to let two late goals in. In the grand scheme of things, four of the five below us have made no ground. We are unbeaten in eight. Two more wins and a couple of draws from 10 games. And it's job done. Yeah, great sensibility Love it. Uh, with those stats there. Miller President said, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is the definition of insanity. Changing the system and letting us get overrunning midfield is lunacy. Time wasting, time after time. Let Neopo get back into the game is madness. Learn from your mistakes. And the final word, this one goes to Tricky O. She said, that was gut-wrenching, but some of you need to give your heads a wobble. Never going to be plain sailing. Ten games to go and six points clear. Honestly, the atmosphere in the stadium and on here, you would never think we were top. Let's get behind the team. So what a tweet to end on. Let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that have been read out. You can let us know uh, by tweeting us at Orient Outlook. You can email us at orientoutlook.com. You can give us a message on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast. Or you can find us on Instagram if you wish to do so at Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast absolutely so uh, moving on now to the town and country Harlow prediction league we've got an update on this one covering London and Essex and Hertfordshire town and country Harlow estate agents are run by two Orient season ticket holders and fans and with the podcast we've helped they've helped dozens of people to move home the best bit they offer all Orient fans and staff a discount off their already competitive fees so if you're thinking of selling your property if you're curious as to its value save yourself a few quid and keep it in the Orient family. Give them a call now, 01279 883444 or 07528 471 497. They're on Twitter as well, T and C Harlow or Charlie underscore Paul. So, winners this well, week. Winner, winner this week. There was only one, lots and lots of predictions, only one winner. So, well done to Ross McCaff, who predicted two all. He gets three points. The only correct prediction. That means the top of the British League with 10 games left is as follows. With that tall O's fans on 34 points, O's fan basing on 26 points and Steve Chaplin four on 25 points. So thank you to everyone who predicted and that is Colchester United wrapped up to a certain extent anyway. So 
Very late on in the evening, the club announced that due to the weather conditions affecting the pitch, it is with regret that we announced that tomorrow's varsity fixtures have been cancelled. For me, yeah, spot on. I'm not quite sure what the uh, crack was with getting those arranged on the pitch anyway, but you could tell from yesterday that that pitch could not take more games. I think it was two 90-minute games supposed to be played on it today. Pitch wasn't capable of that at any level yeah. being played on it. So, you know, as much as it probably hurts the varsity rivalry or that kind of match it's not I'm really sure why they're not playing it at like Oxford or Cambridge Oxford or Cambridge <laughs> yeah you know, I really. guess they might need a neutral or even a like lower league ground in those areas that are smaller yeah anyway, anyway that's not being played at Brisbane Road result Sunday the 19th of March today as we record this podcast just wishing all the mums out there a happy Mother's Day to you all. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously yesterday's game, there were chants from the Colchester, or some of the Colchester <coughs> A minority. A minority, yeah, to be fair. Contingent. So Colchester United have put out the following statement. They've said, not for the first time this season, a very small minority of those in the away section have acted in a shameful manner, this time making vile chants that no decent person would make and are in no way shared by Colchester United or the vast majority of Colchester United fans. We will cooperate with Leighton Orient should there be any further investigation. So fair play to Colchester there for getting their statement out. At this point in time, there's been no statement back from the O's. I'm sure there will be in time at but some point. I'm sure that Mark Devlin will be taking this up with them and speaking to them this week. Some names have already been mentioned um, so I'm sure inquiries will be made and again they're saying not for the first time so I'd like to know what they're doing about it um, to, to nip this in the bud granted probably a minority of, of stupids um, but it does need to be dealt with you can't be oh, representing your club like that all for a laugh and a joke and giving each other grief and whatnot. but there's there, there's a line yeah very upsetting and, you uh, can see last night by the support of Justin um, I didn't that, hear you know, it though I'm, I'm shocked I, I, I'm, I'm pleased I didn't hear it because it's not the sort of thing I want to hear but um, putting enough people saying that they're just throwing bottles and eventually did you see all the police, police yeah, yeah. and the stewards separating them like, yeah. when did they become like that Absolutely, yeah. Not good for anyone. So hopefully those who were doing those stupid chants get caught and get a lengthy ban from football. So at one hour, five minutes, 37 seconds, time to wrap up this bad boy. So fantasy football update. Stuart Coleman is top of the Orient Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League. He's on 1,886 points ahead of Daniel Clark in second place on 1,855 points. I've had a bit of a shocker this week. I'm in 221st place. Out of 355 players. So positive, negatives, got three of each. You want me to do positives? Go for it. Yeah, all right, okay. First of all, lots of players back in the squad from their injuries started yesterday. So good to see Prattley back in the starting 11. Good yeah, to see Paul Smithy. Smith back in yeah, the starting right. 11. Love it, so all good. Second positive, we have a scoreboard. Yay. It's taken a time. <laughs> it's taken a while, but we have one. The scoreboard still hasn't seen a win, so you need to get that scoreboard to see a win sooner rather than later and the last positive which will always be the main positive while it is uh, eligible fact we are still top of league two ladies and gentlemen eight games unbeaten six points clear let's all chill out calm down and enjoy being at the summit of the league two table so it's a positive and to be fair like Richie said I wouldn't swap our league position with anyone else if you could say to uh, Paul Simpson of Carlisle United if you could say to Steve Evans of Stevenage if you could say to I don't even know John is it John someone from Northampton any of those three blokes where would you rather be boys do you want to swap whose position would you rather be in they'd all go I'd rather be in your position so nothing to worry about 
Let's all chill out free and enjoy neg- what's happening. Free neg- yeah, absolutely. Free negatives this week. Theo Archibald's injuries, a little bit. Big player. More serious than, than perhaps what we realised. Uh, the Brisbane Road pitch, yeah, I mean, look, it's it's tired. It's coming to the end of its end of the season now, so we've only got four, four home, home games. games to play on it now. So hopefully the weather, the good weather, will, will start to uh, help with that. Um, but the final point, feels like two points dropped from yesterday from being in a winning position to end up only getting one. Yep, certainly does. So equal negatives and equal positives. So town and country Harlow here of the fortnight. So we've come at it from a different um, point this week. Obviously, we didn't win the game yesterday, so we felt it wouldn't be right to nominate any players or put it down to a public vote. But we do have a hero of the fortnight. So ladies... I mean, yeah, just to come back, we could have gone with Paul Smith um, as he won the award, he won the penalty that ultimately led to the goal. There was a strong argument there. But we've gone, as you said, for a, for a slightly different uh, group this week, shall we say. So, the winner is the ladies' team. Yeah, well done. One last week, 100% league record. They go to Brisbane Road next Sunday. So make sure, if you can, you go and support them for that one. So next yeah. week's fixtures in. Just the one fixture coming up. We go up north to Hartlepool, who drew tour away to Bradford on Saturday. Decent result, that one, for Hartlepool. Yeah. They're 23rd in League 2. Dropped into the bottom two yesterday after Crawley beat Wimbledon. That was a shame there for Wimbledon. Uh, but we do have, or they have, a very informed player in the manner of XO Dan Kemp. He won... League two player of the month yeah. um, for February. Goal. He scored again yesterday. <coughs> Pretty decent, nifty footwork. We've seen it many a time where an ex player will have a worldie against their ex club. He's going to have something to play for. Got to be very dangerous to that. Although, their last six, they've won zero, drawn one, lost five. They've got a relatively new manager in after they sacked Keith Cole and his assistant manager, Super Colin West. Um, it'd be lively down there. I think they'll be well supported down there, Hartley yeah. Hall. It's like proper old school ground, nicely terraced for the away fans. Big match that. Got to win though. You've got to look at it and go, right, let's 21st. Got to win. One, we should really win. Yeah, got to win. But they will have the hunger and the desire to want to do well. And I think the positivity that Dan Kemp has had on that side, I think, will help give them a huge lift. So they will be dangerous. They'll be physical. They won't be a pushover. Be physical. Absolutely. One. Hopefully, like Richie said, so I have to get off. Ed Turns, scheduled to be playing for Wales under 21 in a behind closed doors friendly. Hopefully. In Spain against Colombia. <laughs> Pointless. Hopefully, he still is a part of the lineup. Although, Richie did say Jamie McCarts is back. Adam Thompson, I imagine, probably to got some game minutes. time yesterday yeah. to get minutes, potentially, get to 17. partner Omer yeah. Beckles next Saturday. So, we'll see on that one. Just in case he does. Yeah, absolutely. So, just a reminder as well um, that there is a South End friendly uh, on Tuesday that Richie's arranged uh, or someone's arranged at, at the club he mentioned it in his post-match so uh, we'll see how that goes yeah and the ladies are at Brisbane Road next Sunday so by the time this podcast goes out that ladies match will already have been played so make sure to get yourself down there if you can so don't forget then to get in touch with John and his fantastic team of experienced followers at Carol Langley you can give them a call on 0208 529-4130 or you can get in contact via social media on Twitter Carol Langley E4 or it's Essex Biz on Instagram at Carol Langley Florist and on Facebook at Carol Langley Florist yeah so that is it thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode number 314 and after a cancelled fixture last week we're back in action at home to Colchester United and having taken a 2-0 lead we ended up drawing and only getting a point when a win looked more guaranteed and with only four home games left we have to finish this season strongly and play better 
on our home turf. But on the plus side, we are still six points clear at the top. Management now have a full week on the training ground to prepare for next week's important game at Hartlepool, which hopefully we'll be talking about a win, bringing news of three points and spreading a bit of cheer to a happier and calmer fan base. Yeah, so if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give the podcast a five-star rating. We've got 104 ratings now on iTunes. You can also uh, rate the show on Spotify. So we've got 77 five-star ratings on Spotify. You can also now comment per episode on Spotify as well, which is a new feature. So when you go onto Spotify, onto the episode, you get a question saying, what did you think of the show? So if you want to give us some feedback, please feel free to do so on there. You can also uh, add us to your favourites on SoundCloud, TuneIn or Stitcher. You can follow us on Spotify as well and you will get added as soon as podcasts become available. We're also on all smart speakers and on Fan Hub, we're pretty much everywhere. So as long as you've got a device, you can't miss us. You can't be missing us. Yeah, if you have an old relative, a loved one, an Orient chum, a glory hunter who wants to see Orient win the league or get promoted, give them the podcast, grab their phone, download it for them, and pass the pods. We'll be back with episode 315 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast at the O's